forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And hello to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell tell on the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, and spooky things that you tell us about through various forms of communication. It's about um, being scared when you are scared and you like to be scared, but you don't. But Anna and I are not scaradians. We are comedians. And so that will be the vibe through which we will uh, view this podcast. If you got here through the Dewey Decimal System of Scary Indians <laughs> at your local library <laughs> podcast exchange, uh, you're in the wrong section. I regret to inform you, but there are a lot of really great options. Um, ha- Anna, have you listened to the podcast Spooked? This is not I have mad. not. It's very fun. It used to be like a seasonal thing that would happen every October, but I think they're going to year round now, baby. Because Spooky isn't seasonal. That's right. They get it. And so do we. And so do you, clearly. Um, yes. Um, if you're someone who's ever watched like two minutes of a scary movie at a time when it was playing on cable and then continue to change the channel, but then like keep changing it back to the scary because you can't stop looking at it. <laughs> this is the podcast for you. Also, if you were the type of kid who would watch horror movies on mute just to like get a yes. sense of things, but there was no risk of a loud noise startling you and damaging your psyche, then this is also a podcast for you. Yeah. Also, if you've like watched a movie through your with your hands covering your eyes, um, <laughs> either you know, way, I have a very weird habit, Anna, that I don't know if you've noticed. I only really do it in movie theaters. I've stopped now because it's not so socially acceptable. But kind of throughout my childhood, when I would be in a movie theater, I have this habit where I cover my ears and my nose like that. What with like the with my um perim per, what's the word. My index finger and my pinky fingers. Yeah, my peripheral fingers. And I don't know. I think it's like about covering up the holes in my face for protection. I don't know. Oh, and that makes you feel less scared? Yeah, it's a weird thing. And then I I think probably I was in high school and someone was like, why do you do that? And I was like, I don't from now on. (laughs) But uh, yeah. We all act as mirrors for each other so that we can be less (laughs) like ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> speaking of mirrors so anna and i obviously are, are not in the same room uh but i'm looking at her through facetime anna your bangs look great okay here it comes guys i cut my own bangs i you famously can- <laughs> i famously tweeted uh not to relapse or cut your own bangs during the shutdown and that was like on day one and then on day 15 i was like this is a shameful tweet um, but the woman, uh, Caroline, uh, Caroline Micking is a really good hairstylist. Uh, she is offering donation based, um, like for an hour, you donate whatever you want to her and then she'll send it to a, a um, charity of your choice Oh, and she'll give you a, a workshop, usually in bang cutting, but also like if you want to style it a fun way or oh, wow. anything, you get her for an hour. Um, and she... <laughs> very patiently guided me through cutting my own bangs over um facetime oh my this is also not an ad we're just talking genuinely here i had no idea yeah Yeah. i didn't do a great it was so funny because she would explain it really well and then i would just (laughs) free-handedly cut a large chunk out of my own bangs and she'd be like so we don't usually encourage that 
<laughs> and I, I cut one piece and she said, oh, how'd that happen? And uh, I was like, oh, no. And she was like, it's OK. It's OK. <laughs> like she was preemptively comforting me. But I was like, I literally have never given less of a shit. No, in it. I think they look great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I purchased Barber Shears, and uh, which is a good name for like a, a drag queen. Oh, Barber Shears. Yeah, that's a great yeah. name. And then I had to get a comb and it was cheaper to get 20 combs than one comb. So for, um, I'm showing oh. Andrew on FaceTime, for, three, for $2.99, oh. I got 20 combs. <laughs> Look at that. That's for every they're, possible hair emergency you could have. They're all different kinds. Oh. If anybody wants a comb, um, <laughs> I guess you could go buy them. Yeah. The, um, we're just going to transition into selling unbranded combs on this podcast. <laughs> They're Walgreens combs. They're twenty dollars. There's so many of them. Wow, um, that's great. So come get. Um, Andrew, your bangs also look very good. Thank you. I honestly, I just, I just woke up like this. Wow. It's just one of the many amazing things about me. That's true. Do you have a plan for your boy hair when it gets long? Um, luckily, <laughs> prior to pandemic, I got a I got a pretty short haircut. I we ha- Chris yeah. and I have clippers. I trust Chris very much with trimming my hair. He would be a fool to trust me with trimming his hair. <laughs> um, I cannot express how much could, I would mess that up. You could draw him something. <laughs> yeah, I could draw <laughs> him. I could I could tell him a tale about hair cuttery. <laughs> but boy, oh boy, <laughs> he was like because we were like oh we. I was like, what am I going to do about a haircut? And Chris was like, well, I'll, I'll trim your hair. And then I could see in his face, like, you will not be trimming my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's so good. If he can make that Pringles bridge. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he Chris Chris hair. went quite viral, was on the front page of Reddit um, by stacking a, an arc of, of little individual Pringles canisters. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, just the look of pride in his face and his smile is the most endearing thing imaginable. <laughs> It's really good. And then I'd say within seven minutes, people were accusing him of being a part of powerful QAnon and like yes. that it was, there yeah. was instant. Um, they said that he worked for Big Pringle. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you we have not received a single <laughs> solitary scent from Pringles, even including our exploration into Julius Pringles last week. Just a fan of the product. Whoa. Oh, that's right. Did we already talk about this last week? Yeah. Isn't that isn't that wild? Oh man, guys, what's a week, you know? What is a week? I it's it's crazy because I'm on day 23 of quarantine. Yes. And um I, I kind of feel like I this has been my whole life to be honest. Yeah, that's Beyoncé says it takes 21 days to make a habit or 23 days? Whoa, no. Let me see. No, cuz she had like a vegan food company um Habit takes then my new habit days, is, 21 days. So you're, oh you're in a habit now. This oh is your, my, your, this is your status quo. My habit is no pants and eating a loaf of banana bread every week and <laughs> watching old episodes of the X-Files and so weird. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, by the way, I, uh, this is a far too late addendum that I can't believe it's taken me so long to correct. And I can't believe I didn't catch it when we first said it. Uh, now, like a month ago when we had the wonderful Alex song on as a guest, I mistakenly asked Alex, who's Canadian, if they had, are you afraid of the dark there? And are you afraid of the dark? As many listeners have pointed out, understandably very upset. Are you afraid of the dark is the most Canadian thing imaginable. It's extremely Canadian. It was shot there. Yeah. Every, all the kids are like 
Canadian actors. Everyone is pale as hell. It's always a little overcast. Even if they're like, we're on a tropical vacation. It's like all pine trees and everyone's wearing a windbreaker. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of flannels. (laughs) Not Um, just because it was the 90s. Yeah. So, uh, boy, I sure am sorry for making that mistake. Um, That does count as like a crime against Canada. Yeah, you've been heard. (laughs) We're listening. Um, Your prime minister is looking more like Chet Hayes every day. Um, (laughs) Sort of an inside joke for no one. No, Um, I love it. What else? Have you Um, injured yourself in a stupid way? Oh, you go ahead. I'm going to knock on every bit of wood around me. I have not. I've been more cautious than normal just because I don't want to gum up the works at hospitals. (laughs) Um, uh-huh. there've been a couple close calls, uh, a lot of, um, me leaving cupboard doors open and then bending <laughs> down and then standing up really fast and then catching myself being like, I'm not going to cut my head open. No, it's not the time for that. Today's not the day I become paralyzed. No, you know, and one day maybe that will happen, but not today. Um, that's good. I, um, I think I tore a bunch of tendons and ligaments in my (gasps) groin while, um, frolicking with Ladybird in a park. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot better now, but, um, for a a split moment, I felt a rush of cold, (gasps) um, in God's cradle. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> it was because she never, ever runs and gets excited in the park. She always sort of cowers near the car and wants to go home. <laughs> um, but if you can sort of break past that, she gets really hyper and was like running very freely. And it was really lovely. And it was like around sunset. No one was oh. really there. And then we switched directions quickly and I felt a rush of cold. And so pulling a groin muscle is always terrible. It never happens in the right place. You know what I mean? No. It was the toilet finger injury of groin injuries, I think. Like chasing oh, a small fat dog across a field. Like do you know where I? Cool. Do you know where I pulled a groin muscle? Where? At Disney MGM Studios. No. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. Where? I, I think it was. Um, I think we were trying to get around a crowd, and so me and the Warren brothers stepped up on kind of a ledge that was like. <laughs> probably at like probably like slightly above my waist level and i just don't think my legs are meant to split that wide oh no did you continue walking because you're embarrassed oh it was at like 9 a.m baby and we had the whole day ahead and so i just kept going but the crazy thing about groin some groin injuries is that um when you rest it then it feels fine for like 12 seconds and then after a while it comes back So, like, riding the rides was a blast. Getting from ride to ride, difficult. Really hard. And you know what? Really scary. Very scary. What a transition. It's Monday, Anna. It's a Monday. And on Mondays, we read a scary story from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. That's true. Uh, And it's my turn. It's your turn. And I've got one that truly I I can't believe I just didn't think of. Um... This one is this one. It, it falls into the category of a little bit more of a fleshed out story oh. uh, that I thought would be fun, and also taps into a uh, very significant piece of worldwide lore that uh, we have also not yet tapped into, and I'm excited to do so. Oh my god, I'm excited! This story is called "The Window." Many years ago, 
there was an old one-story house that stood at the top of a hill. The locals called it Croglin Grange, and three young people lived there. Croglin Grange. I feel like I went to high school with Croglin Grange. I, my, all of my friends dated him. Um, wait, it's weird. I have no idea what, um, what story this is. So oh, exciting. really? Oh, okay. Yeah. This, is gonna be, this will be fun then. Okay. So, uh, the locals called this, this place Crawling Grange and three young people lived there, a girl and her two brothers. One hot summer's night, they were all sitting out on the veranda, enjoying the cool air. They watched the sunset and as the moon was rising over the trees, they decided to go to bed. A few hours later, the girl was lying in bed, unable to sleep with the heat. She was gazing out the window, watching the moon move across the sky, when something suddenly caught her eye. She saw two small lights moving through the woods near the graveyard at the bottom of the hill. They looked like the eyes of some strange animal, but she couldn't make out what kind of animal it was. Anna, do you have a guess as to where we're headed? What sort of creature this is? I want to say maybe a, a, a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> You're close. Okay. She kept her eyes on the woods, and then something stepped out of the shadows. Something ghastly. It was coming up the hill towards the house. For a few minutes, she lost sight of it. Then she saw it coming across the lawn towards her window. It looked something like a man, and yet it didn't. As she watched, the most uncontrollable horror seized her. She wanted to run from her room, but the door was right next to her window, and she was afraid the creature would see her. She wanted to scream, but her tongue felt like it was glued to the roof of her mouth. She rushed to the door, but before she could open the lock, she heard a scratch, scratch, scratch at the window. When she turned around, she saw a hideous, shrunken, brown face with flaming eyes glaring at her. She tried to scream, but she was so frightened she couldn't make a sound. The creature broke a pane of glass in the window. Then it reached in with long, bony fingers, unlocked the window, and crawled inside. The girl tried to escape, but the creature caught her by the hair. It dragged her over to the bed, then pulled her head back and sank its teeth into her throat. She let out a blood-curdling scream and fainted. When her brothers heard her scream, also they didn't hear the window shattering, sir. That feeling when your brothers only hear scream and not window. (laughs) (laughs) No. When her brothers heard her scream, they rushed to her room, but they couldn't get in because the door was locked. By the time they managed to break down the door, the creature was gone. Their sister was lying unconscious on the bed, bleeding from the wound in her neck. While one of the brothers grabbed a towel and tried to stop the bleeding, the other took off after the creature and chased it down the hill. The thing fled through the moonlight, taking enormous strides, and soon he lost sight of it near the graveyard. The brother went back to the house to see if he could help his sister. The girl was scared and badly hurt, so they took her to a hospital where her wound was disinfected. Uh, The doctor put a bandage around her neck, and she had to rest for a couple days. Gradually, the wound began to heal, and the doctor said she was well enough. The brothers reported the incident to the police, but they couldn't figure out what had happened. They said it was probably a lunatic who escaped from the local asylum. The brothers didn't want the girl to come back to the house and stay in the same room, but she insisted. After all, she said... Lunatics don't escape from the asylum every day. <laughs> this is a classic oh. woman whose brain has been broken by society. 
I'm fine. No, I'm really fine. Listen, I know a lunatic broke into my room and bit my neck and caused me to bleed a lot, but that's not going to happen again. I'm really sorry, you guys. <laughs> this is really I'm so my sorry bad. my neck is not indestructible. My neck made blood come out. <laughs> but just in case, the brothers slept in the room across the hall and kept loaded pistols on their bedside tables. I mean, what could go wrong? You Your know? brothers, they have guns. They have bedside tables. They sleep. They hear scream. They don't like blood. They chase monster to graveyard. The winter passed peacefully. Wow, what a jump. And happily. But one night, a couple months later, the girl was awakened by a scratching sound at the window. When she opened her eyes, yeah. she saw the same hideous brown shrunken face staring in at her. This time, she screamed as loud as she could, and her brothers grabbed their pistols and came running. You know, everyone has a skill and hers is screaming and that's fine. Theirs is pistols. Theirs is pistols. Girls scream, boys pistols. I'm not a doctor. Uh, The creature took off, but the brothers chased it again down the hill. One of them took aim and fired a shot at it, hitting it in the leg. The creature fell over, but it got back up and managed to limp over the graveyard wall. The brothers watched as it scrambled over the wall and seemed to disappear into an old burial vault. The next day... The girl and her brothers went down to the church and demanded that the priest open the burial vault. Inside, there was a horrifying scene. The coffins had been Mm. broken open and bones and rotting flesh were scattered all over the floor. Only one of the coffins had been left intact. When they opened it, there lay the same hideous, withered, and shriveled creature that had attacked the girl. When the priest examined the corpse, he found a bullet in its leg. They did the only thing they knew of to rid themselves of the vampire. The priest built a roaring fire outside the vault. Then the brothers dragged out the shrunken body and tossed it on the flames. They watched the corpse burn until there was nothing left of it but ashes. And that's the end of the tale, bum bum. (laughs) Oh my god. Isn't this This one kind of a departure? It's such a departure. It's a departure for both um, the Scary Stories book and also for um, vampires, I feel like. I love it. I am. I have been a longtime believer that, honey, vampires are not sexy. They are dead. Their penises <laughs> and, and vulvas do not work, baby. They don't. <laughs> they are old, dead, and they want to drink and kill. Yeah, I like. I feel like in everything, when someone sees a vampire, they go, ooh, baby. And this one, everyone goes, ugh. <laughs> I love is that? I do love the idea of being like, I'm dating a sexy vampire. And then like Nosferatu shows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's so old. Oh. Well, vampires are old. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think he was old when he became one. <laughs> Sheila, he doesn't have any lips. I know. Better to kiss his teeth with. <laughs> no, no Sheila. Sheila. You're better than that. Um. Oh my God. What? I had absolutely no memory of this story whatsoever. I remember once you started talking about like scrambling over walls, it started yes. to ding for me. Yeah. And the, the illustration that goes with it reminded me a little bit too, but it's such a, an impressionist sort of uh, illustration. Yeah. This one, this illust- what I remembered primarily about it was the illustration, which I would, which I would look at for a long time because it was scary, but in a way that, um, is kind of like putting you into a trance. It's more haunting than like viscerally upsetting. Mm-hmm. It is a silhouette of a figure uh, standing in the fog uh, and barely visible. 
in the figure are two little pinpricks of light Whoa, that are its yeah. eyes. It's really dull. It's not like white. It's sort of like a darker gray. Yeah. And it also implies that the head is kind of cocked, which really scares me. Yeah. It's looking at you sort of like a dumb dog, which is great from a dog, but from a person is upsetting. Yeah. If you don't have floppy ears and a snout, if you cock your head, I don't trust you. (laughs) That was your profile, your dating profile, right? That was my graduation quote. (laughs) (laughs) Upset a lot of people. Upset a lot <laughs> of people. <laughs> yeah, like, I, oh, I, sir, we don't we don't do that here. Well, can I shout something into the microphone? Sure. Yeah, and then and that's what I shouted. Um, yeah, I I like this illustration a lot. Again, this illustration is really quite beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. And then over time, as you contextualize it as a vampire, it becomes more frightening. Yeah, this would be good Airbnb art. Yes. Oh, but imagine how scary that would be at night. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, Stephen Gamble. Nightmares. Um, But yeah, it's a lot of fog, a lot of like swirling clouds, and there's some Stephen Gamble shrubs coming up from the ground. Oh, yeah. It's like he's standing on a little path, and then behind him it looks like water. Yeah, it looks like it could be water. Well, like, yeah, you're right. It does kind of look like waves. There is a... If you didn't know the story, you might think that this this is about someone returning from the ocean because it kind of looks like either fog or crashing waves around him, which is compelling. Oh, yeah. Anna, do you sort of see that there looks like a sort of stone fence that he's standing behind? Oh, scary. Scary. Woo! Scary, scary, scary. Standing behind a fence, much scarier than standing anywhere else. And a fence that sort of ends halfway through his body a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. No, don't like to get away from me. No, I don't like (laughs) I like to feel like vampires have a plan that they're Uh not conflicted about. Yes. And this guy looks like he's hemming and hawing. And that we've talked about this before. An unsure ghost is very scary. And a nebbish vampire is even scarier. No. (laughs) Is that what nebbish means? It means sort of like dorky and insecure. I've only ever heard it to also describe Jews. Oh, no. No, but I don't think it is problematic at all. I think okay. you're right. I uh, think nebishy. It uh, just sounds like a Yiddish word. <laughs> I I know. I feel bad. Okay. Um, I'll think of another comparison. Uh, I was about to say he's like a Woody Allen vampire, but that I'm also not going to say. <laughs> I um, say sort of like one of those Jerusalem sort of... <laughs> um. Oh, it is a Yiddish word. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. What does it mean? It means a person, especially a man who is regarded as pitifully ineffectual, timid, or submissive. Oh. Um, And then um, it's also with shmagegi. Oh, I love Which that. is Yiddish for baloney, hot air, nonsense, shmagegi, hokum, meaninglessness, nonsense. I will say, so my, I, I grew up, I was born in Boca Raton, Florida. I feel like virtually all my friends were Jewish. All of my mom's friends were Jewish and also my mom's maiden name was Jacobson. So I think there was a lot of just assuming that she was Jewish as well. And I think because all my mom's friends are Jewish uh, and because my friends are Jewish, I was immersed in so much Yiddish that sometimes I don't Aww. understand that I'm culturally appropriating when you're I... not. <laughs> no, you're part of the mishpucha, which is it means like extended family and friends. I, yes, no, I know. I've, oh my god! I, um, but yeah, there were things that my mom would say all the time 
that I just thought like, oh, that's the thing my mom says. And then when another friend's mom would say it, I'd be like, oh, my mom says that. And then they'd be like, well, clearly you must be Jewish. And then that's how that would function. Andrew, I never knew there was any sort of Jewish in your background. I My mom tells this very funny story where – so she was born in Indiana and then her family moved to Long Island. And she said she went over to a friend from school's house who was Jewish and um, she said their house always smelled amazing. And I wasn't sure what it was. And it was just garlic. <laughs> ah. She had never smelled it before. <laughs> That's sweet. Which is very sweet. Well, um, speaking of garlic – Vampires. You know, yeah, vampire. You we're right find back that in their to house. Um, no Jewish vampires. Um, <laughs> yeah, he seems pretty nebbishy. Were you afraid of vampires, Anna? Um, not really. I feel like I understood that vampires. There's a lot of choice involved with vampires, right? So, like, you have mm-hmm. to invite them in. You have to want them to turn you. I think, like, uh huh. Isn't that part of it that they, if they drain your blood, you just die? But then, if you want. To be turned, you can oh, be Oh, I didn't turned. know that. I don't know. I don't really know. But it, and I just never thought that I would decide to want anything to do with vampires. Yeah. Um, my mother is a huge vampire fan. Is she really? Um, yes. She watched a lot of Buffy. She <gasps> watched all the Vampire Diaries. She <gasps> watched Twilight. Oh, was she an Anne yeah. Rice fan? Like, did she read like Into no. the Vampire? Okay. No, that's too sexual. Okay. <laughs> if she was an Anne Rice fan, she didn't let me know about it. <laughs> Because she is, after all, very Catholic. She is a mother. She's a mother. Um, how about you? Are you? I know you're a werewolf man. So I, you're, this is sort of your natural enemy. Yeah, I think. I think as a as a younger kid. I mean, I I loved old monster movies. I loved Bela Lugosi. Um, I was a I was Dracula for Halloween before I was the Wolfman. So um, that's true. It's a very good picture. It is my my cape is a seat cover. <laughs> Is a purple and black seat cover, um, oh. and I'm wearing white sneakers, and I look like the most casual vampire you've ever seen. You look um, a bit like Freddie Munster in it. Yeah, yeah. My Uncle Bob did the makeup, and I think that was kind of – Eddie Munster was certainly an inspiration in terms of the design. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my feeling about vampires was I enjoyed vampires. I still do like vampire movies. Uh, But again, I prefer sort of old school vampires. I'm not so crazy about um, sexy vampires. I I just read Dracula recently, which I know we talked about back in October. And it is wild to me how it is the meeting of sexy vampire and horrible looking vampire because Dracula is described as being straight up hideous. And yet (laughs) women are like, I felt something so straight like that I wanted to be with him. Um, which kind of is just how like dating and comedians work, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I guess there is something like absolutely nothing about him, but yet (laughs) I want to, um, (laughs) date him for seven months. (laughs) His beard looks like a mossy swamp and, um, I don't know. I just feel like I need to work out more. (laughs) It's like, no. (laughs) <laughs> Everything's his fine. jeans have a hole in the butt and not in a purposeful way. <laughs> he just got stuck on a fence. <laughs> oh. oh my god! You well. know, for me, I think like the one vampire in my in my childhood ish that I felt things for was, uh, of course, the classic classic monster movie that performed as well as they thought it would. <laughs> Van Helsing, yes, um, Richard Roxborough in that. 
famously the Duke from uh, Moulin Rouge. Yes. He's uh, Dracula with a very enviable ponytail, like his ponytail and two little like bang strings in yeah, front. Yeah, and, and sort of a That is exactly what it. I wanted my hair to look like. He had a bump it and he also had some sort of like leather um, ponytail holder that looked like he got it on Etsy. <gasps> Oh, um, it was yeah, it was some sort of like leather ponytail. There's no other way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's on HBO Go now. If you haven't seen Van Helsing, it is. It's campy insanity. <laughs> Sorry for screaming in your ears. No, it's the truth. Anna and I have watched it multiple times together. Um, I need to watch it again. I think it is. I it should have done better because the early 2000s, famously, no one knew it was good. And, and it's just, it's just madness. It makes so little sense. Um, It's so many monsters in one movie and they, and yet they still wanted more monsters to be in it. At one point, one of the brides of Dracula, her like kick-ass line is, you can't go until I say you can go. And I say you can go when you are are dead. dead. (laughs) When you are dead. It's great. It, it, honestly, that is a line of dialogue that I would have written as I was falling asleep and I would not have realized how insane it was until the reading the next day when I'm like, oh, my career is over. I have several times fallen asleep while typing and then woken up and there was more there that I didn't remember writing. And this is for sure in that. Um, you just wrote man. all of Van Helsing in between sketches, Anna, and you had no idea. <laughs> I fell asleep for two minutes and it was the full shooting script of it. I can see you writing the line that another bride of Dracula says, kind of apropos of nothing, which is too bad. So So sad. sad. It's really good. (laughs) Also, one of them, uh, sometimes when people say my name a little bit weird, I think of this one line that one of the brides says, which is, hello, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) And anytime someone says, hi, Anna, I'm like, oh, (laughs) hello, Anna. Wow. You gotta cast supermodels it to speak words. They're good at it. <laughs> I was talking um, to my friend Eric Sheether, who also watched Van Helsing recently. I think this is like a <laughs> rite of passage in quarantine where it's on HBO Go and people are like, Yeah, you're, okay. You're gonna make your way there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's funny because there's this um there's this Mr. Hyde depiction in the beginning, I believe yeah. was by Robbie Coltrane, who was Hagrid. And it's like pretty bad CGI, but it looks like half of the men at the Eagle, which is a gay bar for bears. Um, And it except with like no beard, like I can just see the scruff profile, which is like Mr. Hyde looking for, you know, uh, friends, connections, networking, no strings attached. Yeah. He also there is like a famous gross out moment in Van Helsing with Mr. Hyde. That's like his pants fall off or something and then yeah, he, you see he his butt. stands you see his butt he stands up and there's like the camera quote unquote camera is really close to his butt and you see that it's hairy yeah and then behind him you see Hugh Jackman in his prime so it's yeah. like oh I wonder which one of these characters I'm supposed to like <laughs> it's so hard it's, to know. yeah it's definitely there is a subset there's a subset of people who I'm sure that movie like they were sitting there watching it being like this is doing something different for me than I think for everyone else Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. 
You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Wait, I just found a picture of a red carpet picture of Arnold Vosloo at an event for Van Helsing. Was he in it or was he just supporting because it was Stephen Summers? I think he was just supporting because it was Stephen Summers. So I know this is completely off topic and now we're just straight up talking about Van Helsing. But something that is (laughs) wild to me (laughs) is that that, um, Universal, because The Mummy had been such a huge hit, they were like, this has multiple monsters – um, this is going to be the biggest movie of all time. They set out plans to have uh, a Van Helsing Island at Islands of Adventure. They like did everything. They they um, started looking into into new ride technology, uh-huh. and they were like, "This is going to be absolutely massive. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to be a new franchise. This is going to be like um, Hugh Jackman's next Wolverine." And uh, it was a big old flop. It did terribly. Uh, it didn't do awful at the box office and i think it did okay in the international market yeah uh but critically it was bad and you just got the sense of like no one's gonna go see a sequel to this and universal was like oh no what do we do and do you know what they did they made a sequel no they turned the plans into the new island at island adventure into a harry potter concept and what was harry potter what is harry potter in the forbidden journey was initially conceived to be a van helsing ride Oh, God damn. I love that. Isn't that I am, fun? I, as a Lord of the Rings fan, I just feel one-upped by Harry Potter again in a way that's hard to not take personally. I know. Um, it, well, because initially there was talk of Harry Potter going to Disney, to Disney World, and I don't know. They couldn't come uh-huh. to some agreement. Also, I'm saying this because I watched a YouTube video. I can't back this up in any sort of um I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I, it's funny you say uh, oh, wait, I have two things to say about Van Helsing. Yeah. Really quick. One, one of the brides of Dracula is Josie Moran, who's a supermodel who now has a very successful line of argan oil products <laughs> that are a little bit overpriced, but I do what? think that it's actually high quality argan oil. Wow. Um, that's one. Number two, um, Richard Roxborough married one of the brides and they have three <gasps> children together. And oh, they're still married. <laughs> they're still married? <laughs> yes. Hey, that's, that's nice. beautiful. I think it's nice. I I have to say, I know, I don't know what Stephen Summers is up to, but I think he makes a very fun, dumb blockbuster. I feel entitled to a lunch with him. <laughs> you you should get lunch with him. That's going to be a Vanity Fair article. It has to happen. Anna Dresden it's like and Stephen Summers get We lunch. interview each other. It's published in Who Fucking Cares magazine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you subscribe to WFC? Yeah, it's actually a very sustainable magazine because it's printed entirely on trash and then it goes <laughs> in the trash. Anyway, she's um, uh, also an opera singer and cookbook author. Drew, <laughs> yeah, stop, well, stop talking about this. What's so funny to me about vampires <laughs> and, and this that the window kind of taps into too is that our modern conception of vampires is a combination of a melting pot of every culture's vampire legends along with like what was the most transferable to film. Uh Um, So like, so like I know in some, I I forget what, I forget what culture it might might be. It's an Eastern culture where uh, vampires 
classically hop from place to place. They're Whoa. like jumping vampires. Um, they're also like kind of zombies or ghouls, but also like I think they like suck blood. Um, but I think so much of uh, so much of our conception of vampires is there was a Broadway stage adaptation in the early 1900s, like the 1920s, which is what Bela Lugosi starred in. And they were like, well, we can't make him like an old craggy guy. Let's make him kind of charming and sexy because that was sort of the vibe at the time. And there was also this thing that was very in in France at the turn of the 20th century called the Grand Guignot, which is like oh. horror theater that was very gruesome, but also horror theater. Theater horror. <laughs> Painted um, lady upon a stage horror. <laughs> Uh, but it was like halfway like really crude horror and sexiness. And so the Broadway version of Dracula early on was like taking minor elements of that so that it could pass muster in the States. Um, well, also like people went because I think it kind of turned them on. And Bella Lugosi wow. was sort of thought of as people like, like a sexy, horny. exotic European person. Yeah. So many victims of vampires now are depicted as like women and the vampire is a man. And I think there's something about like, there have been essays written about this, that like the vampire uh, sexuality thing is about sex from the neck up, um, which men find kind of scary because they're like, I don't get anything out of that, Um, which I just think is interesting. Interesting. Wow. Uh, and on top of that, I followed Sylvia Coloca official on Instagram, <laughs> and she made pancakes today. Hey. And they don't have to be sweet to be loved. She made pea and parmesan pancakes. Oh wow! Oh. I'm gonna follow this woman. Oh god! Savory pancakes is my level. Anyway, yeah. that's Dracula. I do love a savory pancake. <sighs> Sesame scallion. Oh, we gotta do it. I've definitely had one at Talde, which was a restaurant that used to be open and is now closed um, before COVID. But it was Dale Talde from Top Chef, and it was very good fusion food. They had a breakfast ramen. They had a char siu pork um, pancakes that were really good. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, I want to go eat at restaurants. I know. (laughs) I know. I want to sit in a nasty diner and eat off a plate from someone else's house. (laughs) Someone's house. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm about to snap and just start licking handrails. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that video of the little girl? I think it's a Disney World and they're waiting for the monorail and she's just full on tongue along the metal railing, just licking <laughs> it up and down and her mom's not paying attention. There's also one on the subway that is just oh, like that too. That's really good. I you have to watch that, kids. But I, I, I relate to that. That's why oh they don't God. get COVID bad. <laughs> I know because they're, they're already you can't get dirty if you are dirty <laughs> um, and speaking of dirty graveyards have dirt hey graveyards do um, have dirt classically Andrew what's scary about this story to you um okay uh, thinking of vampires as being like undead shriveled rotting things very frightening yeah the reality of a vampire yeah two, not cool two glowing eyes outside your window very scary Mm-hmm. Um, having your home invaded, very scary. Having your family be unable to help you, very scary. Um, yeah. Your window being broken is scary. Oh my God. I think about this one, all it's the like, time. How the hell would you ever fix a window, number one? Mm-hmm. There was a glass 
repair store in my old neighborhood in Brooklyn that used to be a glass repair store. And now it sells um, candles, records, and um, baby onesies that have pictures of Morrissey on it. Like, we're so fucked. If you're if anything breaks, you just have to get it brand new. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, anytime anything glass breaks, I never know how to throw it out. And I always picture a garbage man reaching in and just slicing his whole arm open. Oh, yeah. How do you throw out broken glass? I still don't know how to throw out old batteries. And that's scary. I know. I think you hold on to it for seven years and then throw it out and feel awful and try to forget. Yeah, I just put it down the sink. Is that okay? <laughs> my sink <laughs> can't catch on my fire. dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. she likes them. That's broken scary. Are also, very scary. Also, um, you're you're living with your two brothers. I don't love. Yeah, that feels tough. It implies just, a lot. It implies a lot. It's also like, ugh, like no, live somewhere else. I'm or glad she has kids. her own room with a lock. I was glad to get that detail. <laughs> That's true. I don't like that her brothers sleep in the same room, though. I know. That's a classic scary stories trope, though. Two boys always sleep in the same room. No, we don't like that. But <laughs> I'm I'm sharing my culture with Jason. We're watching Before the 90 Days, and one of the women is engaged to a guy who says that he's a celebrity, but he sleeps in the same bed with another guy, <gasps> just for um for like many reasons. Oh God! And he's like, "This isn't weird." What does and she do when she like, gets there? They she sleeps in the bed. They too? stay in a hotel. Okay, good. Better. Um, but she's mad at him for having friends. And her plan for when he moves to the United States is that he's a celebrity and being a celebrity pays a lot. <laughs> I'm shocked that there has not been a film that's like a 90 day fiance, but the woman is a vampire. That's smart. Andrew. Isn't that good? Like she got to snip this out. Yeah. She or either way, like either he's a vampire, or she's a vampire. I kind of like that. She's a vampire being like, but she's not evil. She's just no. like, it's my only way I can. It's the only way I can make a life here. Yeah, I think this is good. I think if she's from like somewhere really rural in Russia. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. And That's she like wants to be an influencer, but like doesn't know how to do makeup or cook or anything. Isn't it funny that we always like our conception of what a vampire is, is Russian or Eastern European. Like that. that's our whole, I guess just because there's yeah. a bunch of castles out there and and people are isolated and do weird things. Um, yeah, well, I, I know, I think it's like, it is tied up with pale skin, which is problematic, but like, yeah. yeah, the accent is sort of hard to place. It's the part of Greece that's in Ukraine. Yes. Um, is where vampires are from. We've talked about this before, but Anna, remember when you and I were taking, um, an Uber yes. back from a recording session and our driver was talking to us about having gone to Transylvania for a family getaway and they Very weren't even much. like vampire fans. No, he was like, no, we didn't go for that. It was just like somewhere to be. And it was cheap. (laughs) It was cheap. Um, But he's like, oh, sorry, but. No, we think of him. We send our love. Thank you, Uber. We've had, you and I have had so many interesting Uber drivers we've mentioned on the pod. Man, people, Uber drivers in LA are like, here's my deal. Here's everything about me. (laughs) That's true. Um, In New York, it's like, truly, if you talk to me, I will dump you in the East River. I'll do a really hard turn, open the door and you'll fly out into the river. (laughs) And in LA, it's like people are, they're like, well, when Catherine came home and it's like, you haven't told me who Catherine is. I know. Oh my God. You're right. Anna, that is a thing that has, that happens where they immediately start talking with referring to someone by name who you have no idea who they are. It's 
the most West Coast thing that people can do. You're right. They're like, well, her uncle Charlie can't. Well, it's not really her uncle. It's more like, <laughs> you know, my gay friend. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, and it's like, why do I know? Lines? Why? <laughs> is this are you taking your character for a walk because i can't i can't do that today not now oh god take anna and a a cold chill just went up my spine there was a thing we had to do in theater school that was my absolute least favorite thing that is i think about it every day with shame where uh, depending on your teacher they'd as a way to like infuse life into your character and make them real they'd encourage you to quote unquote take your character for a walk Which would basically be everyone in the class would walk into basically the same deli at the same time, like limping and (laughs) like with bad accents and like with a half a bonnet on. It was always so unfair because other people were getting like other other people were getting like normal characters. And then I would be given like the elephant man and they're like, go to Starbucks (laughs) as the elephant man. It's like, no, I'm going to get arrested. Just you in like bad yoga pants walking, like standing in line at Starbucks. Just awful. I mean, I think maybe what I would do most of the time is I would walk out of the classroom in character. And then as soon as I was out of the building, I was like, I'm just going to get a Frappuccino. Oh, yeah. I distinctly remember seeing um, the hottest kids from my acting class going into like a private playground as part of like an apartment building's playground and just sort of touching each other's faces and doing negative space work on the play on the um uneven bars that's a crime yeah i kind of just walked around (laughs) that's the thing to do wow yeah what a crazy thing Um, a good way to figure out you're more of a writer is one of those (laughs) exercises if you're like this is worth it to me Right. God bless. If you have the ability of standing outside of yourself and being ashamed of what you see, you're a writer, hon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Let's we're cast casting it. it. Okay, we're casting it. Um, in terms of, I mean, the vampire can't be Andy Circus because he's like a director now. Yes. Um, but that's but a that's great the idea. Yeah. Thank you. Um, maybe it's Elijah Wood, sort of, you <gasps> know, hot person playing ugly. Oh, vivid eyes. Um, that's great. Yeah, something like that. I know that I just categorized Elijah Wood as a hot person, and for that to make sense, you have to have graduated high school in the early two thousands. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah, just like attract, like pretty looking face, deciding that they want to do like an ugly part. Mm-hmm. And a um, thousand mile eyes, just like yes, oof, yeah, yes. Um, for the brothers, I'm gonna say, um. A couple of Gleasons. Oh, a Domnal? Yeah, maybe a Domnal and one of and I I feel like there's like twelve of them, right? I don't know. Or Jason looks two? like Domnal Gleason. He's holding up three to four fingers. Oh, yeah. And then he just made a hooey face like he doesn't really <laughs> Jason does kind of look like a Gleason. He do. He also he shaved off his beard for fun, for mm-hmm. similar reasons as I cut my bangs. <laughs> and the the sort of shaggy grow back phase, he's looking a lot like that. That's great. Yeah, I gave and myself I a sort mustache. Of like, that's good. Um, which I was just like, let's just, I, I did it when I was Vincent Price for Halloween and then I did it to myself again. And then I immediately regretted it, not for major reasons, but every time I'm on a Zoom, people are like, oh, mustache. And it's like, yep, no, I know, I know. Leave me alone. Um, yeah. I'm looking more and more like Vince Vaughn every day. <laughs> I think that is the natural, that's the natural <laughs> trajectory of every human being living on earth. <laughs> 
I'm also going to dye my hair pink today, which I don't want to, but I already paid for it. Anna, you are? So, yeah, it's like a semi permanent, so it'll wash out after a month, but that's fun. Um, that's fun. Yeah. That's we'll good. see. Um, I'm getting I'm getting old is the thing and it's the last time I can really have Yeah, pink now's hair, the time. Well, that's not true. That was me self-hating in a way that could hurt other women and I apologize. Yeah, no. I um, mean, dye your hair pink anytime. I think that now is the I mean, now's the time because we're in quarantine. If you love it, you can stick with it. If you don't, a month, who cares? No one cares. I'm not going to dye my bangs so I can just put it back on Zoom calls. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, anyway, um we're all going through something. I think the vampire yeah, we already cast a vampire. Who's the girl? Yeah, that's a good question. I like um Martha. Uh, we've already cast her, but Martha from Baskets, I think, would be good in this. Oh yeah, yeah, really good. Um, what's her name from The Witch? Oh yes, she was in Emma, which is a really, really good movie. Oh, is it? Yes. I've oh, been it's to just genuine. Oh my God, Andrew, it's made for you. It just is <laughs> funny and weird and. You know, like in Jane Austen, it'll be like all of a sudden there was a commotion around the table about whether or not it was snowing. Yes. And really people get up and start like sort of flapping their arms around a little oh, bit. Oh, that's really like fun. It, like they just, it's so literal and it's really great. I also think, um, what's her name? Sonoya Mizuna, I think her name is from Devs. And, oh, yeah. Um, which I felt so betrayed by that show. I know. I remember when that took a turn for you. It, you know. Sometimes the TV, it doesn't make you happy. <laughs> Sonoya Mizuno, yeah. Well, your I, cast, honey. I think that's a good cast. Get in the car, go to set. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the industry works. A kind little old woman comes to your door and says, your cast, honey. To get, uh, we, okay, honey. Come on, I'm good your job. driver. Get in the car and go to come set. Come on, come on, get your pants. Did you have a driver? Um, uh, did you have a driver when you shot in, in, in Europe? I did. For Miracle I had a driver. He, um, I forget his name, but he was reliable and silent, which is the two qualities uh, I admire the most in any man. That's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was in like a big sprinter van. Yeah. Um, so I was mostly just me and him and, uh, yeah, but I, I shared it most of the time, which was nice. That is um, nice. I shared it with, Jamie Demetrio, I think that's how you say his name. He was um, the tooth guy from Fleabag. Oh. Um, he was in the show as the town crier. Oh, the tooth um, guy, of course. He's yeah, great. Yeah, he's so funny. Very um, handsome. He's really great. Handsome man. Good job. <laughs> that's how you get cast as a boy in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Handsome man. Good job. Handsome. It's either that or like, you look like a slob. Um, hey, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, the only drivers I had were in Atlanta. Um, one for Keeping Up with the Joneses and the other one for Allegiant. And yes. the one Keeping Up with the Joneses was pretty, was totally fine. It was like several people in a van and we went. And then um, Allegiant, it was this little, little Southern lady uh, who every morning she'd pick me up would play the song Our God is an Awesome God, like the 80s version. <gasps> Like, our God is an awesome God. God and yeah. and it was just after I'd gotten engaged and she was like, do you have any children? And I was like, oh. I don't. And she was like, are you are you attached? And I was like, I am engaged. She was like, congratulations. Like, what does she do? And I sat there being like, okay, there's no risk here. 
but like, how do how do I go? So I was like, uh, he's a, he's actually a composer. And then she was silent for 30 seconds. And then she said, well, that must be very engaging as like a joke. Oh. And then I was like, <laughs> and then she didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> Good. Andrew, you tricked her. I tr- Well, no, I said, you no, tr- I, I said what I said that Chris was a man. Yeah, but you, you tricked her into thinking that you weren't, that Chris wasn't a man oh. before mm. just by being a person. <laughs> you were tricking her because you were a person and then you became gay. I think people assume I'm straight because I don't know how to dress for my body. Um, which is totally fine. <laughs> Andrew, you're a good dresser. You have a lot of sharp shirts. I am wearing I'm wearing the Fresno Nightwalker shirt that Anna got me. Oh, um, it's really nice. That's very kind of you. Uh, Anna, you. what was something spooky that happened to you this week? Oh, good. I like that we're returning to this. We were sort of doing something nice that happened, but you know what? We need to do spooky. We know what we're about. Um, something spooky that happened to me this week. Um... Know that something was. Uh, do you have one? Uh, yes. Okay. So, um, I am reading this book called "The House Next Door" uh, oh. by Anne Siddons, and it is. I, I read it because it was recommended by my friend Paul, and also Stephen King lists it as like the best haunted house uh, book Ooh. written in the twentieth century. And what's funny is Anne Siddons is is an amazing and very accomplished like um, book that your mom would read by on like a beach vacation writer. Like it's a lot of things mm-hmm. like it, it, all all the titles are like things that yeah things that you'd find in a cabin that your mom would be like oh this is what I want to read right now. But early on she wrote this haunted house story, and what's amazing about it is as Paul put it, which I love, it's um. Desperate Housewives, but make it horror. And it's so... Make it horror. Make it horror. horror. Uh, But it's it's like about an upscale neighborhood in uh, like in Georgia. And this new house is built. And from the get-go, like there's just something wrong with the house. And everyone who moves into it, some horrible tragedy befalls them. And the narrator and protagonist is a woman named Colquitt. (laughs) That's her first name. Good. And all of the lines she has, everything is so, everything is like so elevated and it sounds like Stockard Channing should be saying it. Um, I feel like it would be a great FX miniseries with like Carrie Washington at the helm or Jodie Foster even. Um, And it's basically just this like upper class woman observing all these horrific supernatural events happening in the house. But what's interesting is it's like, it's not ghosts. It's like the house is haunted and evil, which I just love. The house is a ghost. And there's a part in it, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any spoilers, but there's a part about a hundred pages in that truly uh, prior to that point it had been pretty tame. It was definitely more of like a vacation beach book. And then a thing happens that truly I dropped the book and went, Oh <laughs> it just shocked me so much. It's a book dropper. It is a book dropper. And and that's so wild. It happens multiple times throughout the book. I love it. Highly recommend Ooh, it. I'll that's my it. What's it called? The book The House Next Door? The House Next Door. It was made into a lifetime original movie in 2006 with Laura Flynn Boyle. Um but wow. I really I would oh FX, can you contact me? I've got a great pitch for it. I think it'd be awesome. 
That's good. And you know what? You can buy it from a local bookstore near your house if you just Google local bookstore. You sure can. A lot of them are still shipping and it's a nice way to, you know, be nice. Yeah. It's uh, reading. I have to say, I love watching TV and movies too. I do think there's something weirdly centering for me in like turning everything off and just reading. I actually find it calms me down in a way that sometimes TV can't. A book is very flat. A book is a ghost Um, that's your friend. Yeah. Um, Well, I had something spooky happen this week. Uh, We are, we're back in Jason's apartment and uh, there's a little terrace, uh, just like a little tiny balcony. And um, we got here. uh, There was just a massive pile of dead bees (gasps) because I guess someone on the block had them exterminated instead of safely moving them. Oh, uh, which is bad and it's sad that the bees are dead um but we kind of left it there for a couple weeks th- hoping that maybe it would disappear <laughs> oh my god um, and then just didn't go outside um but when i first saw it i was like oh maybe this is some sort of unfamiliar la foliage that i don't know about like they looked like little seed pods <laughs> oh, no. but it was in fact hundreds upon hundreds of bees <laughs> Um, oh. and so I think we waited for all of them to die. And then the other day, um, I used the little burst of productivity that I get every day after yes. a cup of coffee to sweep up, um, all of the dead bees. Oh. And I have to say that there was something kind of cleansing about it. I think being able to have a big funeral <laughs> was sort of oh. nice. Um, and just to be able to respectfully take care of them. Guys, um, we can't be killing bees. We need them. We need the bees now more than ever. Now more than ever. We need but the bees. But it was weird. It's weird to look at a, an insect's body to be like, did you f- feel sad when you knew that you were dying? Did you know you were dying? Did it hurt? <laughs> this you, is how, did you not want to die? This is how aliens are looking at us right now. <laughs> you know how when we look at bee colonies, we're like, what's happening? Why are they all just going, going on in there? Why are they all just they self-destructing? Doing? I know. Oh. Anyway, so that, that was is sort of spooky. that is spooky, Anna. I'm sorry, sorry that was less fun than yours. No, I'm but I'm glad I'm glad that some healing internally came from sweeping them away and having a mass bee funeral. Yeah, it's it's nor it's very human to um to grieve. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, glad to give you a little bit of a break from your lives. Oh um, yeah, we're so we're thanks. so glad. And yeah, th- thanks for spending an hour with us a couple times a week. Yeah, to- if you like the show, it's like why, but also give a review <laughs> on iTunes. Um, write a review. Don't just give us a rating. Yeah, we'd love um, a review. and make sure it's good. Make uh, it a good one. We'd love a positive review. I think because people are listening to more podcasts, the good news is there are more people hearing hearing our show and responding yeah. to it. I think, again, there are people who either just really don't enjoy us and that's fine or people who are very confused that we're not actively trying to scare anyone, um, which is also fine. So if you are enjoying it, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. And it helps the show and the podcast and it helps Anna and I feel not so very alone in the world. <laughs> Yes, we love to feel like there are people, even when they're not. <laughs> um, so, if, and please send us your own sort of scary stories, um, things that you were told in your childhood or things that your older cousin told you about. We're all about the first person ghost stories. Oh, we love a first person ghost story, but also if it's second person, that's fine too. Um, yeah, first person means anyone from anywhere you think told it to someone. <laughs> I have to say, so uh, after our Haunted Road story last week, 
um, my cousin's husband reached out to say that um, the Jackson Whites that I mentioned, which I thought were a fictional group of people, uh, are apparently real people oh. and they're not albino. They're just okay. quite pale. Um, okay. but, uh, but there are just a lot of stories about them apparently like shooting at people or, or it might be a trespassing situation. So I, I apologize, um, to the Jackson whites. I hope everything's going cool for you. Um, yeah, I bet they're fine. Yeah. And also I do just want to say this just cause it comes up a lot. Um, I feel like albino people get such a bad rap in all media. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like everyone, that is still a thing. Everyone just needs to chill out and we need to stop othering albino. Like if you're looking for a way to make your character interesting, don't pick albino as just like a defining characteristic because that's kind of insane yeah. to do. You friggin' wish, Paul Bettany. <laughs> Take a damn hike. You wish, Paul Bettany. That's true. Anyway. Anna, it's just such a joy to be able to do this with you. It really makes me happy and gives my life some direction in these times. Andrew, you too. And I'm so glad that you and Chris are feeling better. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, Just to tell all of you full disclosure, um, Chris and I are pretty positive we had it for a couple weeks. You might have noticed some little coughing and some episodes and things. Um, very gratefully, we had minor cases. Uh, Chris is, uh, doing much better now. I think he's just beginning to get a sense of smell and taste back. Um, and I'm doing much better. Uh, so yeah, if, if there are listeners out there who maybe have it, just know that, you know, we're all in this together and, um, and just make sure that you're getting rest and you're staying hydrated and, and make sure that you've got someone to turn to in the event that you need some help. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Um, we're all in it together. Um, and I hope you have well, a wonderful Andrew, rest of your day. I hope you do too. And to all our listeners, I hope that you get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.